Here goes and welcome to episode 57 of Throwback Poops, a special viewers mailbag episode, which we did last year. Uh, please follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And it's a very happy new year to my good friend, Robbie Clayton. What's up, man? Yep. Happy new year, Woods. Um, yeah. Thanks to all the listeners that have tuned in and watched us um, over this uh, last little journey that we've had there. So yeah, looking forward to a bit of a, a viewer mailbag episode. Thanks, Robbie. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of the people that have worked with us over the last year, all the guests that have been on our show. I know you've gone through them uh, previously. And then in the last week, we had uh, Matt McQuaid on the Clutch Roundtable giving a big shout out to us. I know he's been a big mentor to you and uh, also, you know, a a pillar of support to me through which has been uh, what what has been a pretty hard time in my life. So so thanks, Matt. Um, And also the guys from Shooting the Breeze, you know, Jacinta and Paul gave us a shout out on their show. Massive props to you guys. You're doing great work. Really love that episode that you did at Tudor's Bank Arena. Um, Had Chris Pongrass on the show. You guys are brilliant. And finally, our really good friends, the sport blokes. All right. So Stewie, Nate, the kind of friendship and bond we've built with you. I know uh, Hoops connected all of us together, but um, these are like lifelong friendships we've built off the back of the work we're doing um, with our podcast, Robbie. So not only has it been rewarding to do the podcast, but how rewarding has it been the relationship relationships were built on the back of it oh, definitely man i couldn't have said it any better myself yeah spot on with what, what you said and yeah shout out to all the guys and yeah let's keep it going okay robbie so why don't you uh for the first first episode of the year take the uh, viewers and the and the listeners through what jerseys you got today Definitely. So, you know, these last couple of episodes, I've been doing some random sort of Hawks jerseys there, Woods. I think I might have um, sort of outdone myself with these two, right? So, hanging in the background is none other than a Dan Dickow Red Hawks Reebok jersey. So, Woods, you know those Reebok jerseys are pretty rare, especially one with Dan yeah. Dickow is even more rare there. So, look, a little bit about Mr. Dickow. Um, he was drafted by the Kings at pick 28 in the 2002 draft out of Gonzaga. He was traded to Hawks on draft night. Um, Look, he went on to have a seven-year NBA career, um, spending time with the Hawks, his hometown Portland Blazers on a couple of occasions, as well as Dallas, New Orleans, Boston, and the Clippers. Um, Interestingly enough, he wore six different jersey numbers throughout his career. So I thought that was quite strange. So obviously, I've got the number 12 one there. Um, Look, he's currently uh, 44, remains involved in the game, commentating college games and co-hosting a radio show. So... Look, I've obviously got a few random Hawks jerseys there, Woods. I think this one might be, be right at the top, I would have thought, that one there. So didn't play a whole lot of time with the Hawks. Um, look, I'll just stand up and show you the one I'm wearing. Probably equally rare, but someone's probably a little bit more familiar with fans there. Just one sec. For all our audience that can't see, Robbie's wearing the white Perro Antich jersey. Dan Dickow and Perro Antich. They are pretty random, Perro- both those jerseys. <laughs> Big Perro. And this is one of those random climate cool jerseys, this one. It's actually nice and cool on this hot sort of Sydney day we've got today. So, yeah, a little bit about Big Perro. So, officially pronounced Armtich, just for those sort of wondering. So, you just hear a few variations. So, this is his White Hawks home Adidas jersey. So, look, Big Perro was undrafted out of Macedonia. And after a 13-year career in Europe, he joined Atlanta in the NBA at age 31, which is 
fund. You don't sort of see a lot there. So he joined us in 2013 and played with the Hawks for two seasons. Um, he quickly became a fan favourite, didn't he, Woods? He's someone that the fans really liked yep. there. He was part of that Hawks team that made the Eastern Conference final in 2015, played a little bit of that enforcer role, a bit of an inside-outside game. So he was absolutely a gun in Europe there. So he won over 10 different titles. Um, and, yeah, someone I just really enjoyed in his stint um, in the NBA there. So... Um, Armitage is currently the president of the Macedonian Basketball Federation. I um, also just wanted to lastly say a bit of a shout out to a mate of mine, um, Harris Nikosevic, who's also a big fan of Big Pero and actually met him in Serbia quite a few years ago. So shout out to Harris. I know you'll be, be watching this one. Um, so look, Woods, unfortunately, no bobbleheads for either of these two. I don't think they would have been making Dan Dickow and Pero Armitage uh, bobbleheads there. So couldn't do that. But yeah, a couple of random Hawks ones and got a few ones up my sleeve for the next few weeks as well just to keep the, the random Hawks theme going. So what about yourself there, Woods? I see you're looking pretty in pink today. Why don't you talk us through that one? Yeah, for sure, man. I got a little story as well. So let me just stand up. Nice. Woody's standing up there wearing the McDowell white jersey. I know that's a guy that Woody's been been quite a, foul, a fan of for a while. Someone that I've sort of got a bit of an interest in. Obviously, I was a fan of his dad playing in the VFL slash AFL back in the day. But, yeah, talk to us about, about your boy. Yeah, so I was just about to say, you know, he comes from sporting pedigree with his dad being a football player. Um, had a lot of potential, was a, a development player on the Kings a while back and then went over to the Houston Rockets, nearly made their team. So there's a lot of potential there. And I guess... Uh, Coming back and, and playing for New Zealand over the last few years, he's really um, realized that potential. And then having Coach Modi uh, really putting the keys to the offense um, in his hands this year has, has seen him be that leader on that on that Breakers team. And and you know what? Um, I think his game's going to go from strength to strength. We saw him play for the Australian national team recently. Um, and I just think that uh, he's going to have a long career in this league and potentially get opportunities to play abroad as well. So... Um, just a little bit well of story. Hey, Woods, he's got yeah. to stay healthy, doesn't he? It's one sort of slight sort of thing he says. Definitely. always pick up an injury there or two. But no, I know you're a big fan there, and he's, he's great to watch, isn't he? BMW, man, my man. And you know what? You know, I hope he gets that man bun back. You know, I think he played better with the man bun. <laughs> you know, he cut that hair. But, you know, he's a triple threat, can do a little bit of everything on the floor. I'm um, a little bit of a story. Look, this Friday, one of the biggest uh, days in Australia's sporting calendar is Jane McGrath Day at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, and, you know, to support breast cancer and obviously with my dad suffering from cancer it's something that's really close to my heart something that i i did with my family every year get dressed in pink for this day i've even got the uh the the, the pink jordan ones that i'm going to wear with this outfit Very so nice. not only not only am i, am I going to represent um my, my family but i'm also going to represent uh the game that i love um basketball at, at the day so get out get out there and support a good cause if you, if you can on friday well said again, Woods. So is that one of the, the Breakers kind of three jerseys? Is it that one? Is that one they sort of wearing regularly or it was more a special one? Because I know they've obviously got no, the blue no, they, 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 a, they, a white or a black. They, so it's, it's in the rotation as well. Yeah. It's in the rotation, definitely. They've got the light, the sky blue, this one, and I think they've got a black one as well, as you yeah. said, right? Um, first, and also, first pink basketball jersey, Woods? First pink one. But I'm thinking of getting one of those nice new Washington Bullets ones. The pink ones look really nice, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Peach tree. Yeah. 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 Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, just another shout out. Indigenous round was a few weeks ago, so William McDowell White also with Ind Indigenous roots as well. So shout out mm -hmm. to BMW. Okay, let's get into it. You ready? Definitely, let's do it. All right, as I said, it's the week to give back to all the supporters that we've had. Um, our first question, actually, we were talking about shooting the breeze. Uh, our good friend Jacinta Govin, aka Squint, sent us in a question. And I think we'll just, we wanted to represent the WNBL. That was something we wanted to do this year. So the first question is, 
Uh, hi, boys. Really love that you're trying to cover the NBL in your show lately. So I thought I would throw out a question to you. I wanted to get your picks for MVP, Coach of the Year, and also your top four predictions. So why don't we start with MVP? Robbie? Sure. Well, I think I made that pretty clear a couple of episodes ago, right? Um, my girl, Lauren Nicholson. Um, look, I don't think that's a homer call for me there. I think she's well and truly in contention this year. She's second in the league in scoring, second in three-point percentage. We know she's obviously a great defender. Um, and look, obviously, she's having the team success this year as well. So, look, it's probably a little bit of a stretch. There's probably a few other names that, you know, maybe a little bit more sort of on terms of favourites um, rather than Loz there. But I think she's a big chance. Um, like I said, she's certainly got that all-round game there with the scoring and the defence there. Um, great percentages all around. So, yeah, I'll certainly be crossing my fingers and I think that would be a great award for Loz and certainly think she's a chance to make the, the all-WNBL team as well. She doesn't uh, have the MVP. What about yourself? No. Yeah, good call. No, I'm, I'm going for Annalie Maley to go back-to-back. She's averaging 18 mm. points and 12 boards a game. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk. About, we're going to talk. Get into the coach of the year a bit later, but uh, I mean, this team we expected him to be good. Bendigo, um, a full Australian lineup. You know, no no imports on this team, and they're eight and one. So, mm-hmm. not only is she um, putting up big numbers, the team's doing great, and she's backed up um, an MVP season last year with with ridiculous numbers this year as well. And that three point percentage has gone up a little bit. I think she's shooting around thirty four, thirty five percent from the three point. Uh, from three-point land and hitting one a game. She's so, one of your favourites yeah. as well, right, Woods? Definitely she's one of, your one favorites, of my favourites. Yeah. Really like yeah. the work that she's um, d- doing with her podcast as well. So, yeah, big wraps on her. And she's she's actually been um, working on, on TV and covering some games court side for the NBL as well. So just an all-round person. I know um, we were a big fan of her father as well. <laughs> he was a rebounding machine, yeah. Paul Maley. So um, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. And, yeah, I'm, I'm banking on her to be MVP back-to-back. Hey, just on that as well, Woods, I reckon there'd be a whole generation of Hoops fans now that probably wouldn't even know that who her father was, right? Yeah, you know, 100%. It was a long time ago that he played. You know, Paul the Mailman, Maley, great player back in the, you know, the 80s and sort of, I think, very early 90s, going back there with those North Melbourne Giants teams. But, yeah, you're right. She's, she's great to watch, isn't she? Yep, absolutely. So let's move on to Coach of the Year. Who you got there? I found this one a little bit tough, um, and I wanted to obviously pick it from one of the teams that I'm going to end up picking in my top four. So I've gone with Chris Lucas. Um, yep. I think he's done a good job taking over a championship team there. Yep. Um, I don't feel that they've missed a beat, obviously, with him taking the team over. Um, but, look, I do feel this one could go either way because, you know, the Spirit Flyers and, and Fire in particular have all really improved on last season as well. So I think you could definitely pick one of the coaches of those three teams there. But, look, I, I'm going to say Chris Lucas. Um, I do think that the, the Boomers are, are looking really good this year. So, yeah, I'll say say Lucas for me. Um, what about yourself? And a big shoes to fill as well for, for Chris Lucas, right? Absolutely. So, Very big. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going to go with Kennedy Keriyama um, on the back of, of what I said about Bendigo earlier. He's, he's come over from the UC Capitals and he's taken that team to a, an 8-1 and one record, right? And he hasn't had mm. the best win-loss ratio in previous years, but, you know, to get that team rolling to where they are right now, just been incredible. Um, as, as I said, people expect them to do well, but, you know, they're, they're on par to be, be minor, minor premiers, potentially. So um, I'm going to go with him and, you know, he's got uh, a lot of local talent that he's really uh, got behind and... and uh, taking the team yep. forward. So I'm going to go with him. Hey, Woods, without sounding harsh as well, it was probably a good move getting away from the UC Capitals with the, the way their record's looking this year, right? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Actually, after the game, uh, I ran into Jade Melbourne the other day. I was telling you, right? And she was at the locker room. Mm. She was talking about, oh, yep. man, we can play three quarters. We can't finish the games. Um, you know, and they were really frustrated with the fact that, you know, um, they're a young team, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, good move for him and unfortunate for the UC Capitals, definitely. Hey, just quick one, Woods. I wanted to check. I know you went to that double header with the the Flames in the Kings game the other week. What was the yep. crowd like? Because I know we've talked about before. Obviously, there's been very different crowds for the two games. What was the the crowd like for the women's game there? Yeah, look, it was really disappointing. To be fair, right? I, I reckon there's about mm. two thousand five hundred, three thousand max. You know, and a lot of those people okay. were coming yep. in towards the end of the game as well. In fact, we were all at the locker mm. room before having a few drinks, hanging out, and all the Kings fans were there and. They weren't leaving when we were leaving to watch the earlier game, do you know? They were staying at the pub, yeah. do you know what I mean? I'm like, come on, yeah. guys. I was no, trying to get a few enough. of them to come to, to the game. Yeah, um, round them up with you. Yeah, no worries. And um, Yeah, okay, so let's move on. Top four. Hmm. All right, so look, probably no change to what the season is now. Um, look, my prediction is that the Boomers are going to win it all again and finish first on the ladder. So I'll say rounding out the top four in order will be Bendigo, Townsville and Southside. So I think probably Townsville maybe just to jump ahead of Southside at the moment. Really like all four of these teams. I'd, I'd be surprised. I, I don't know what you're going to pick for this one, Woods, but I don't. I can't see another team sort of getting up there. I think obviously Perth are, are falling a little bit from where they were last year. Um, but yeah, as I said, and those sort of three teams, Benigo, Townsville, and Southside, have really improved on their seasons last year, which is, is good to see. And both have really loaded rosters as well. Yeah, look, I'll agree with you on on the top four. I think Bendigo might actually take over the Boomers and and be the minor premier. So I'm going to go Bendigo Boomers. And I agree with you, Townsville might jump Southside and Southside in fourth. So mm-hmm. p- potentially, uh, you know, a, a spirit Southside uh, a semis and a, a, a yep. Boomers, Boomers Townsville semis. I'm, I'm picking that, right? So no, not far off what you, what nice. you said. Yeah, It's really good yeah. that, like, you know, we are learning about the WNBL a little bit more, you know, and getting into the uh, women's game a lot more on the back of the, the World Cup. And, it, and it, our knowledge is just going to improve the more and more we watch and follow Follow the league, man. Right. It's a good call. I think we're being we're being honest as well about it, aren't we? Like, there's no way the two of us are going to sit here and say, "Oh, we've always been WNBL watchers and fans." Because I guarantee, two to three years ago, we weren't sort of watching the games like we are now. But I think we can both gladly say now we're watching as many games as we can. We're listening to podcasts about it. Shout out again to Shooting the Breeze. We're reading content online. I'm always, you know, interested in the stats and sort of getting on that. So you're 100% right. We'll continue sort of, you know, as we said with Loz a few weeks ago, promoting the game, supporting the game, and uh, we're glad to be doing so. Yep, and as Jacinta said on, on Shooting the Breeze, we're encyclopedias of 90s uh, NBA. Well, she's an encyclopedia of the WNBL, so shout out to her, you know, as well. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's move on. All right, so the next question, it comes from John O'Baba, really good friend of the show, JB. Shout out to you, man. He's been a great supporter and listener of the show. And he asks, guys, I want your opinions on the Sydney Kings. We are past the halfway mark. What are the Kings' weaknesses and strengths, and will they go back? To, will they go back to back? The next part of the question is for Robbie and about his beloved Cats. Can they clinch a playoff berth and make an impact with their current squad? And boys, please continue to rock some sweet NBL jerseys. So maybe we'll ta- tackle that last bit first, right? And JB, I know you like my sweet NBL jersey today, man. Uh, Robbie, I know you mm-hmm. got uh, something for JB. So tell him, 
Tell them what you told me offline. Mate, I might be I might be rocking a Drake UU jersey soon just to sort of show how deep my, my Wildcats collection is. So, no, I've definitely got some NBL ones playing there. But, no, great question. Really appreciate your support there as well, Jono. Um, do you want us maybe we'll go through the Kings bit? Sort of yeah, let's, let's, sort of do let's do that. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, look, um, I honestly do think the Kings have the best roster on paper, probably for the second straight year. Um, I do think they're absolutely loaded there. Really like their ability to put out different lineups. Um, they seem to be one of those teams that can cover an injury or they can cover, you know, some some foul trouble in a potential game there. I really think we've seen a number of guys that can step up in clutch situations this year. We've seen, you know, role players really like Bruce and, and Noy sort of hitting game winners this year. So I think that's obviously a big plus for them there. And like I said, that roster's so deep. You can sort of interchange different players. You're not really going to lose a whole lot there. I mean, probably Cooks is that one player that's not totally replaceable. But look, I mean, every you can say the same about a lot of these teams, you know, if Cotton went out or Mitch Creek went out of... Some of these teams as well, they'd be similar. Um, in terms of weaknesses, probably not a lot, really. Um, maybe one basic one that I could maybe point out, it's probably clutching at straws a little bit, would be potentially after winning last season, they might not quite be as hungry as potentially teams that haven't won it before, like Cairns and South East, um, or teams that haven't won it for some time, like Adelaide and New Zealand. So that might be the only thing there. There might be some more teams with a little bit more hunger there. Um, the only other sort of slight one, Woods, I know we've talked about this offline a little bit. I know sort of Chase, Buford, sometimes just adjusting those those end game, end of game lineups there. So that might be something they've obviously sort of got to get right. And as I said, um, I don't think they have any problems with that, given they've sort of adjusted those lineups and had role players hitting game winners at the end of games. But they would be the two things there. So there's probably not a lot, is there? You know, hunger and potentially getting the, the game in game adjustments sorted out there. But look, I, I, I definitely think they're going to make the grand final again this year. I'm not going to make my prediction yet if they're going to go all the way, but I, I think they'll be one of the last two teams. Yeah, look, you make some very valid points there, Robbie. I think one of the weaknesses is definitely the import trio, right? I mean, last year you talk about Ian Clark, Jalen Adams, um, and Jarrell Martin, right? A- amazing, right? Yeah. And, and now you've got in, got in Walton, Justin Simon, um, and Tim Suarez, right? There's definitely a drop-off there. And you talk about mm-hmm. that five-man spot. You know, it was supposed to be by committee this year. You know, they'd have both Jordy Hunter and uh, and Tim Suarez covering. And that is a little bit of a weakness because, you know, from game to game, those guys don't turn up. Jordy Hunter's starting to get, you know, get, get some reps in. But you can't replace a guy like Gerald Martin. You can have him at the five. You can have Cooks at the four, right? You know, and, mm-hmm. and you've got that ability to stretch the floor consistently consistently he can give you 20 and 10 um and i think that this team isn't as strong as it was last year definitely not um dj vasilovich has really mm-hmm. taken a, a little bit of a fallen off the cliff a little bit i mean they said he was going he through has. a bad patch but this bad patch has been going on for a, a while now and, yeah. and and look he doesn't do offer that much when when he's not making shots people say he's a tenacious defender he's okay right you know, he's not going to lock a guy down mm. for the whole game. He's okay. And he came up big in the playoffs last year um, against, you know, against Tasmania. We know that big shot that he made, right, and silenced the crowd. Yeah. And then you just saw him take his game to another level at times. And people expected him to, you know, really take it to an even higher level this year. And we've seen it actually regress a little bit. I feel um, not having Jalen Adams around hasn't been great for him. Um, and then you talk about D. Walt, Derek Walton Jr., right? He's not as consistent as Jalen Adams. He'll have 47 one mm-hmm. game, and the next game he'll have 6 and, and 12, you know, you know uh, 
you know, single digits or low teen scoring numbers, right? And and when Cooks goes out, you expect him to take over. He does that sometimes. He doesn't at other times. Cooks' injury history hasn't been great. He's been injured at various times this season. So we want to make sure that he's healthy going into that playoff stretch because whenever he's out of the team, getting W's on the board is a lot, lot harder for us. I, I do think that we will go back to back. Who's going to beat us? You know, tell me who's going to beat the Kings this year. I mean, Kansas is a tough matchup for us, I'm sure. Um, if they make it to the final, that'll be a hard-fought five-game series. But you think about it, at full strength, I just can't see anyone beating us, right? And last year, you had United, you know, you had, you had, you know, other teams. I mean, maybe not Tasmania, but, you know, you, United was, was tough. Southeast Melbourne gave us some fits last year at different times. Um, you know, there was more challenges to the throne last year, I think. Uh, this year, I don't think there's a clear... I think you're thing. spot on with what you said about Walton as well there, Woods, because, yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen him take over end of games, have we? We know Jalen Adams was just a, a beast at the end of games. You know, he'd put the ball in his hands and he'd sort of set things up or he'd take that big shot himself. We haven't really seen that from Walton a whole lot yet, have we? Um, yep. sort of, he's been in a lot of games where he's not on at the end for various reasons, but, yeah, no, I think you've, you've, you've said some we, good We stuff both predicted him to be MVP last year as well, right? Uh, this year as well, at the start of our predictions. That's probably... Probably a little bit off base there, you know. Um, uh, Illawarra what about on DJ well. there, Woods? Yeah. What, what about on DJ? People were picking him to be a potential all-NBL first team this year. I know quite what a few experts on Fox Sports. I'm sorry, ESPN and that. And so, man, all-NBL first team, he's, he's way off those sort of predictions, isn't he? That's what I said to you earlier, man. Like, you expect to take his game to an even higher level. And just, yeah, going back, yeah. Illawarra and Melbourne were challenging us last year, right? This year, who are the two mm. contenders that could beat, could beat the Kings? Tell me. You well, maybe, maybe I'll talk about one now. Maybe All right. I'll talk about one now. That's a good segue. Talk to me about your cats. It is. All right. So on part two of that. So look, again, thanks, John, for the question there. So firstly, I'm going to sort of probably not go out on a limb. I don't think it's too big a call, but I'm going to say that Perth will 100% make the playoffs. And I'm actually quite confident about this. Um, I do think they turned a bit of a corner of late. I know they had a, you know, a bad loss at the last weekend and they turned around um, against Illawarra there. But I'm actually really high on this Ty Webster signing. You know, I've been talking to you a little bit about this that this week. Um, there are a few disgruntled Wildcats fans that honestly, I feel like you just can't please them these days. They've kind of, you know, being used to sort of getting everything they want and things aren't working out like that. But if someone had come up to me two weeks ago and said, oh, we can basically get rid of Corey Shovel and the team and add Ty Webster, like no, no questions asked, like, of course you'd do that, you know? Like, Ty would. Webster is a big-sized combo guard. He's a decent defender, someone that you can put the ball in the hands of. And also these Wildcats fans that are saying, oh, why didn't we get a big or a rebound or whatever, these are the same fans earlier in the year that were complaining that there was too much Mitch Norton and too much Todd Blanchfield. So this is a real answer to that, right? Um, we've seen guys like Kyle Zernich perhaps – not develop like we maybe thought he would have. I'm glad they sort of did hold on to him there. But yep. I think that's why Webster one's a big signing there. Um, he's also someone that really wants to play under John really as well. So someone that comes here motivated. Perhaps his, his first stint with New Zealand a couple of years ago didn't sort of end on the note that he wanted to there. So I think he's coming you know, hungry. He's playing in a place like Turkey there, which you know probably wasn't the ideal place to play. And I think these guys appreciate it when they come and, and play on home soil there. So, um, and look, in terms of the, the big man and the, the, the trio that we've got there in Thomas, um, Manic and Majok Majok, I don't think that's too bad a trio, to be honest. Um, you know, we saw exactly how good um, Manic can be on New Year's Eve there against um, against the Hawks. He was really good at that game, like just all over the place. I think Thomas has turned a bit of a corner. Um, we obviously saw him really shut down 
Keanu Pinder in that game in Cairns a few weeks ago as well that really sort of you know put me on notice there. So I'm not as concerned maybe as others are. I know we haven't been winning these rebounding battles and everything else like that, but we've certainly got a lot of firepower now. Um, I think we can play a little bit more up-tempo with Ty Webster as well. So I'm really up on that signing. Obviously, um, I think they're in action. Um, well, they've got a couple of games coming up, don't they? It's a couple of big games against um, New Zealand um, and against the Wildcats there. So... Yeah, really looking forward to see how that goes. But, you know, I don't think that's me really putting on my homer hat as well there, Woods. Like, you know, I, I have liked the way they've improved. You know, people seem to forget they are in front of Adelaide and Tassie on the ladder. They've sort of got quite a few games in hand. They're obviously a few games on the road, like I said. But that's my little little rant about the Wildcats. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. The only caveat I have is we've seen them play together in New Zealand before, but the Dan Shamir is a very structured guy, he expects certain things out of you, right? And doesn't give them the freedom mm. to play too much. And whenever those those two are doing the, 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 their thing, you know, they'd get pulled from the game or, you know, get a slap on the wrist. Corey Webster was in the doghouse. So I think playing under coach really is a big part of what may make this a success. I know um, Ty has come out and said that um, playing under JR is something he looks forward to. John really obviously was a teammate of Corey Webster in New Zealand in, in his in his latter years, right? So there's that bond yeah. there, and I think that um, that's that's what the big difference is going to be. And I've got no problem with you getting rid of Corey Shovel and bringing in Ty Webster. So no, I think it's going to be a plus. Um, and that rebounding has got a lot better late, lately. You know, early on in the season, yeah, they weren't winning their rebounding uh, they hadn't won any in the first 10 games, but I think the last four or five, they've won a couple of rebounding head-to-heads. Um, and as you said, Tayshawn Thomas has taken his game to another level. So I think they're covered there. And I'm excited to see how the two brothers play under under Coach Really. Yeah, there's not a lot of margin for error on the ladder at the moment, is there? You know, we see how close some of these teams are. I think everyone's almost kind of said that Melbourne aren't going to make it. I don't know. They could still potentially nah, get on a run. But done. I do think 12, it's going to be one of Perth. Yeah, is it'll it? be one of Perth, Adelaide, or Tassie that misses out there. So ten and twelve now, are they? Right. Run. Uh, yeah, and they've played quite a few more games. And yeah. I think they might have played four more yeah. games on the Wildcats yeah. at the stage. But yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, really looking forward to this run home. And yeah, the NBL has been, been good as it always is this year, right? Yep, for sure it has been. NBL twenty three has been bonkers, as Peter Hurley said. What a game that was on New Year's Eve, by the way. Coming back from eighteen points mm. to tie fans and six. That's crazy, game. right? Hey, was that a record, Woods? I didn't hear any stats about it that. Equaled, that equal the record in the forty minute era, right? Equal that, okay. Yeah. 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 Eighteen point comeback in the last quarter. Hey, just before we move on, I'm a, speaking of John Obaba, one of the biggest Kings fans I know, right? And um He's shared a little bit of memorabilia with me that he'd like to like us to show on on the program. So I'm just going to bring it up, Robbie. Why don't you take our uh, listeners through what's on the screen, the ones that can't see? Nice. We've got a little bit, um, yeah, sort of a piece of history. Nice sign, sort of one at the top there, and I'm loving that three-peat one there. Obviously, you know those. Glory years there, 03, 04, 05. You know, we've spoken about those teams before. You know, Chris Williams involved and some yep. of those players that they had on those Kings teams. Look, I'm not going to say I was loving the Kings winning um, that, <laughs> that three-peat at that time. Woods, you know, you know my feelings back then. Um, but, um, yeah, some, some great memorabilia there. Um, I'm surprised you don't have something that good on the hanging yeah. up on the wall behind you there. I know, JB, man, he's got so much. Like, he had so many – he sent me so many different picks to share with the audience. And I thought, look, let me select a few. Mm. And this other one that's come up You've on got the screen – yeah, yeah. Carfino, right? Yeah, you talk about that one. You talk about that one. Yeah, so it's, it basically covers the first decade of the Kings between 1988 and 1997. Um, it's got a picture of Steve Carfino um, there on the front, and then it goes through all the different rosters and, and lists the players as well that played for the Kings 
some of the players that played for the Kings over that decade. So yeah, beautiful. And thanks, Jono, for sending sending in those those images. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So I've got one more question, right? And this one is a bit left field, Robbie, but I thought, you know, we're mm. throwback hoops here, right? We like to mix it up. So I'm going to throw this one out to you. Look, our next question comes from Shahan John in Sydney, also a big fan and listener of the show. Thanks, Shahan, for sending it in, this question. I know a lot of people have been watching Last Chance You on Netflix, and I know you guys have been also. Talk to me about Coach John Mosley. Is he a professional caliber coach? Could he get a role in the NBA even? Yeah, well, firstly, yeah, big shout out to Shahan. Obviously, you know, um, someone that we, we both know and, as you said, a, a big sort of supporter of the show there. So appreciate the question there, mate. Um, look, I guess firstly when it comes to, to Last Chance You, um, I think it's a great show firstly. So if anyone hasn't watched these first two seasons, I would definitely recommend it. Um, the second season sort of came out, well, I think a couple of weeks before Christmas maybe or something, and I've, I've binged through that over two nights, I think, there. Um, look, in terms of Coach Moser there, I do think he's a – probably better suited coach to that level he's at at the moment. Um, I'm not sure that um, the NBA would maybe suit his style there. He does seem to be someone that's sort of better at, you know, teaching and, and mentoring more. And I'm not quite sure he's that in-your-face kind of style would work in the pros there. But certainly liking what he's doing there, um, East LA. And, yeah, as I said, certainly it's a – I think it's a really good watch that. Um, that last season sort of had a couple of guys we knew. had obviously Demetrius um, Caleb Jr. Obviously his dad was someone I enjoyed watching with with my boys Michigan back in the day there. So, yeah, it's always kind of interesting the way they do it there. And, and these guys, a lot of them are on their last chances there. So I think that's probably the way he coaches like he does right um and he lost his right hand man didn't he the assistant i'm blanking on his name now but remember at the end of the season Coach Rob, Coach that, Rob. That, um, yeah yeah he's a he's a champ that guy as well so obviously legend. they're going to be sort Absolute of you know, getting a, yeah. a new coaching staff there but yeah no certainly a good question interesting question like you said but yeah what are your thoughts on that one look i think he's a strict disciplinarian right and these kids at, and last chance you they've come from broken homes troubled past bad background uh, backgrounds and they've come to play yeah. uh, Juco basketball, right? So, you know, he's there to not only improve their, their, them as players, but improve them as men off the court, right? And Coach Rob plays a big role in, in, uh, in, in the life of, um, you know, what's his name, Morrow? You know, the kid, the left-handed kid? I can't remember his name mm -hmm. now, but yep. takes him in for a while yep. and looks after him. You know, th these guys, it's, it's a training ground for them to grow as men, not only as, um, as players. And, you know, that whole... Um, way that you deal with college players it doesn't translate to the nba when they when they become professionals we've seen guys like you know john calipari you know we've seen who else is there just trying to think rick of Pitino, the rick patino rick patino as well you know you've you've seen um yeah. uh who's the guy who coached for the adelaide mike dunlap right you know it doesn't always yeah. work to become a good college co coach in the pros not just in the nba because it's, it's different you know you've seen uh billy yeah. donovan and you know, PJ Carlissimo, guys like that who've, who've had some success. But generally, mm. it's a different mindset. It's a different character trait that you need to coach a college or even a high school team compared to going to the pros. So it, it, there are some odd cases of, of it working. We just mentioned a few, but I think the work that he's yeah. doing there is terrific. Um, it's a great TV, TV, TV show. And if you haven't watched it, jump on Netflix and, and watch both, both seasons of uh, Last Chance You, right? 
Hey, Woods, I think it's one of those shows as well that you could potentially watch with like a friend or a partner or someone that's maybe not like a basketball junkie like we are there. And it's obviously there's some sort of human stories and life sort of, you know, stories and stuff on that show. So you don't have to just be a massive basketball fan to enjoy that show. I think that's probably something important to, to think of as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, look, it's been great, you know, great to get these questions in. Thanks, everyone. We're going to make this an annual thing, Robbie. We've done it two years in a row now. We'll do this in, yeah. in the uh, end of end of 2023 as well. Just want to wish everyone a, a really good year ahead. You know, um, we've seen the back of a lot of hard times in, in the world lately, and I think um, we're going to move forward, and it's going to be a great year for everyone. Um, all right, Robbie, uh, please take the audience through um, our socials, where we can be followed and all of that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So, look, of course, you can sort of follow us on Twitter at, at throwbackshoops, um, on Instagram at throwback.hoops. Our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and, yeah, look, I appreciate all the questions that got sent in. Obviously, we couldn't get to all of them there. We were sort of conscious of not having too long an episode for this one there. So we did have a few questions that we've had to sort of, you know, save up there. But definitely send any questions you've got through. As always mentioned, if you've got any random jersey requests, I mean, come on, guys, Dan Dickow and Perro aren't it, right? You know, if you've got any random sort of, have you got this jersey from, you know, the 80s, 90s, noughties, whatever, send it through and we'll see what we can do there and we'll, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. But, yeah, what about yourself, Wood? Any shout-outs? Yeah, look, I mean, for, for all of those of you that um, support us on Patreon, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, look, get out to the test match on, on, on Friday and, and get in your pink. I, I, I encourage everyone to go and support a good cause. Any final thoughts from you? Um, yeah, final thoughts. I mean, look, we wanted to sort of tease it a little bit. We're going to have a sort of an interesting le- next month ahead on the show, right? We're probably just going to do a couple of um, episodes coming up just with the two of us. Um, you're obviously going to be away for a week in India, which is a, a bit of a you know um, interesting days, sort of time to be going. I know you're looking forward to that. Yeah, so we're going to get a guest um, host to fill in for us that week. We're still under negotiations for that at the moment, so we'll keep everyone posted, but we won't sort of take a week off there. But and you're going to replace we do me? have some really good guests. No, you, no one can replace you, Woods. No way. Thanks, well, Rose. Thanks, Rose. Well, part of, my, part of my thing with recruiting is trying to find someone that can rap, so I'm not having any luck with that at the moment. So, okay, okay, um, okay. But, look, we've got some really good guests, probably coming up at that next maybe four to six weeks. So we're talking former NBL All-Star players, um, current NBL stars, and, and a few little other surprises up our sleeve as well there. So, obviously, keep, um, keep tuning in, keep subscribing there, and we, we can't wait to bring more to you guys this year. All right. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Peace out.